Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I want to talk to you today about dying words. Last words. Now think about that for a minute, because there's no closer indication of what might happen when you leave this realm. The one thing we all have in common, by the way, than dying words giving us a glimpse of what the transition looks like. A couple nights ago, I was on Coast to Coast AM with George Nori, uh, and we were talking about the psychomantium. And the psychomantium is an ancient Greek setting that was used to try to commune with the dead. But we were talking about my friend Dr. Raymond Moody, And Dr. Moody, of course, coined the phrase near-death experience and tunnel of light and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of people think, well, maybe that's the closest indication we have of what's going to happen when you die, a near-death experience. Well, perhaps it is, but I want to spend today talking about the actual moment when people die because I'm not talking about near death I mean death they die in near death at least you know they come back and then they can talk about their experiences and you know doctors say well you know their their brain was being deprived of oxygen and they were hallucinating and all that no I'm talking about people who die at the moment of death what are they describing as they are transitioning from here to there. Very interesting as we explore this idea of, well, the boundary, right? You know, thin places and the thinning of our realm compared to other realms, the spiritual realm. That's what this whole month is about, the month of October. So I'm going to tell you about some, I guess, famous last words from, you know, certain people that might give us some insight. Let's, you know, just start with something kind of recent. October 5th, 2011, Steve Jobs died of cancer at age 56. Of course, Steve Jobs was the the big uh, Apple guru. I mean, he changed the world in many, many ways by taking technology and adapting it into a, a user-friendly format. This is a guy who lived his life around technology. Very rational, materialistic thinker. You know, he just wanted to get the job done. He just wanted to to take a problem and solve it. He was not interested in being a philosopher or a metaphysician or any of that kind of stuff. And look, I'm not here to say that Steve Jobs or any of these people I'm going to quote were great people. That doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. What I'm telling you is that this was a guy, Steve Jobs, 
who was not a spiritualist or something like that. And when you are on your deathbed and you are literally about to transition from this life, it's got to be the loneliest feeling if you're conscious. And it also has to be a moment when you sort of grasp that you're out of control. Like it doesn't matter how much wealth that you have. It doesn't matter what toys you have. It doesn't even matter how many people love you. Or, no, you, it, it doesn't matter. You're on your own. So this is when we would expect some truth to come through. So long as, again, the, the mind seems to be functioning properly. Because so often the body dies before the mind. So as he was dying, according to his sister, Mona Simpson... And, and and she talked about this when she was uh, giving his eulogy. He looked at his sister, Patty, and then he looked for a long time at his children, and that uh, then he looked at his life's partner, Loreen, and then he kind of looked past them, and the last words out of this man's mouth were, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then he expired. Isn't that something? That this guy who was doing his best in his life to try to advance our technology, to advance you know, our, our ability to enjoy life, obviously you know had a big imagination thought a lot about what was possible what was impossible whatever he was seeing at that moment as he transitioned made him go oh wow three times oh wow oh wow oh wow you know steve jobs was um one of those people that we we think about as being a great innovator but you know, look, for me, hands down, my favorite innovator in history uh, <laughs> that I know of is Thomas Edison. Uh, I can't even believe that Thomas Edison, this one guy who was basically, you know, self-educated, created the light bulb, the phonograph, basically the motion picture camera. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. What what Thomas Edison was able to accomplish. He died when he was eighty four years old, and he also died in October. He died October the eighteenth of nineteen thirty one from complications from diabetes. And as Edison was there on his deathbed. His last words. I mean, again, think about a guy who who had such a a vision and such a grasp on this material world versus the visionary world. You know, a, a, a realistic grasp that he could he could make things that would blow your mind. I mean, I, I've talked about this a lot. I mean, like when when he came up with the phonograph, people thought it was a hoax. They're like, you can't record a sound. A sound 
is some kind of an intangible thing. You can't record a sound. And he had to try to convince people that he could record a sound. So Edison's last words on his deathbed were, it is very beautiful over there. It is very beautiful over there. Now there are people who don't want to accept his words for what they were who say well he was looking out the window he was looking across a meadow and he he was talking about that meadow no this is a man on his deathbed okay he he he's not in a position one would imagine where he's just tossing out compliments based upon the scenery no his last words it's very beautiful over there and then he expired what do you think he was talking about so these are two guys who were you know rationalists who who were innovators who were inventors who were thinkers um but how about this one let's go to a poet okay let's go to someone who didn't have that kind of connection to the physical world in the same way. Someone who dealt with ideas and ideals and words and concepts and the more artistic side of life. Let's go to Emily Dickinson. The poet Emily Dickinson died on May 15th of 1886. She was 55 years old. She died of... Bright's disease and they say that is a kidney disease that would be described in modern medicine as acute or chronic nephritis so something went wrong with her kidneys okay and it swelled and she had high blood pressure and so all the people who were around her said her last words were I must go in. The fog is rising. Isn't that something? That that's the last thing that she saw and said and communicated? This is a poet. This is a poet saying to us, I must go in. In what? You know, what is she talking about? What? Where is she going into? I must go in. The fog is rising. These are just some examples. I mean, you can get on the internet and you can do your own research if you want. I mean, it's an incredible thing, isn't it? To think about humans who have worked on both ends of the spectrum, who who, who have been um, obsessed with the physical and the spiritual, and they're both saying like oh i'm going into something else i'm i'm transitioning into something else it's you know i must go in there's a fog rising it's beautiful oh wow oh wow as a matter of fact going back to edison they say that um his last breath I don't know who Charles Edison is, one of his relatives. His last breath, they say, was captured in a test tube. Uh, whoever Charles Edison was, uh, was in the room when, when Thomas Edison died. 
supposedly captured some of the air right as he died and uh, put it in a test tube. And so they have that at the Henry Ford Museum near Detroit. Interesting, isn't it? So, if you look this up on your own, you can see what I'm saying. I mean, again and again and again, people who have not had near-death experiences, but, but, but died, you know, death experiences, again and again, if they seem to be cogent and they have uh, the ability to articulate things, they, they, I mean, they're, they're trying, they're trying right at that last second to tell us something about what they're seeing as they transition into the next realm. And if you think that's just, well, the brain's going haywire, all right, fine. But are you willing to risk your life on that? Um, you know, are, are, are you the type of person who thinks, well, I can do whatever I want to in this life and there's no repercussion, there's, there's no continuation of this? Um, I don't live my life that way and... I don't think it's a good way to live. I think you should treat your life as something that is going to continue and bring you good repercussions if you are a good person or bad repercussions if you're if you're bad. I mean that that kind of makes sense to me. It fits into the laws and the cycles of reality that I see in every other aspect of science. But regardless, I'll go back to what I I said at the beginning of this podcast. One thing we all have in common is death. That we are all going to have to transition at some point. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter if you're a scientist or you're a philosopher or a religious leader or an atheist. Doesn't matter. We're all going to have to transition from here to there at some point. Yeah, you can, if you're rich, you can have your head chopped off and put into a freezer, and maybe someday they'll reanimate that. I mean, you know, uh, that was one of the topics that they covered on uh, the, the, the new incarnation of In Search of. But who knows if that's going to work? This is for sure. You're going to die. You're going to die. You are not immortal. And it's funny because it reminds me of one of my favorite films. And uh, I'm going to tell you this is one of my favorite films, but I'm not going to suggest that you watch it because you might not like it. Uh, One of my favorite filmmakers in all of history is Stanley Kubrick. Okay, He made, uh, well, The Shining... A Clockwork Orange, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I mean, you know, he he made epic films. But one of his films that's kind of lesser known is called Barry Lyndon. It lasts for hours. And, but to me, I I mean, I love it because it's a very, I, I think it's probably the most accurate portrayal of what life was probably like in the 1700s. Uh, Barry Lyndon 
was made by Kubrick as a film in 1975, and it was based on a novel that was written in 1844. That novel was called The The Luck of Barry Lyndon, and it was written by a man named William Makepeace Thackeray. The star of the movie is Ryan O'Neill. And uh, Lauren and I both love this movie just because, again, it really seems to transport you to what you would think the 1700s would be like. As a matter of fact, um, my understanding is that Kubrick had some special lenses and camera technology created just so that he could capture a setting only lit by candles the way they would have done it back then. So that was pretty... uh, innovative of him but anyway you watch this big long movie where you see like the saga that this guy goes through uh in europe in the 1700s and uh all you know all these personalities and characters involved and uh, all the ups and downs and so anyway the, finally the movie ends and then there's this uh, i guess they call it a title card uh that comes up and here's what it says it was in the reign of George the Third that the aforesaid personages lived and quarreled. Good or bad, handsome or ugly, rich or poor, they are all equal now. So think about that. What 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 he he's saying at the end of this movie is We're talking about people who lived long ago who had the same exact feelings and aspirations and dramas that you and I deal with on a day-to-day basis. But now they are all dirt. All of them. Handsome or ugly, rich or poor, they are all dirt. And so... This is what you need to keep in mind about your life and how to place your life into the proper context. And it may be, since that here we are, again, in the month of October, when that boundary, that border is thin, the whole hemisphere in our part of the world is becoming a thin place, it may be that this is a time for you to stop worrying about what you're worrying about and to remind yourself that that is our fate i'm sorry if that depresses you but hopefully in many cases some of you will feel released and relieved because there are things that are are are, are put upon you and things that you unfortunately accept for yourself you know stresses and tensions that you don't have to deal with. So let it go and start sort of reorganizing your thoughts on what is important and where you are and why you're here and accept your fate. And that will hopefully make you a better person on a day-to-day basis. So... You could say, well, this is a downer, but no, I I think it's an uplifter. And as a matter of fact, 
you know, it's funny because life is kind of short, isn't it? At least for us humans. I mean, it, it, it kind of flies by. And there are times when you have an opportunity to do something and you're like, oh, well, you know, I can't do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. And so you just let it slide by and you never get another chance. So I'm going to segue into my event coming up this Saturday, October 13th, 2018 in Los Angeles, California and Hollywood. This is going to be my final wishing machine extravaganza. And if you want to be there, but there's something holding you back, you can't afford it, or, you know, you have some arrangement that you can't, you know, you're obligated to, and you don't see how you can reorganize it or whatever. Look, if you want to be there, and you feel that you are meant to be there, I want you to be there. So email me, and let me see if I can help you. Okay, I am open. We have just a few days, but I am open to helping you with whatever your problem is. Go to joshuapwarren.com. There's no period after the P. Go to joshuapwarren.com. Just scroll down the homepage, and you'll find my email address there. And I read and I usually reply to every single email that comes in. And I will do my best. If you feel like you're meant to be there, I will do my best to help you get there one way or another. It's this Saturday, October 13th, 2018, in Hollywood, 2 to 4 p.m. All the details are at joshuapwarren.com. You can click the link to the top of the homepage there. Uh, It's in yellow letters that will give you all of the info. Also, on that site, you'll find a link to this podcast. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's called that because I try, I try to leave one for you every day. It's always short. It's always free. You'll find when you click that link that you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. <laughs>